Hey, y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life. Last Sunday, I started a series called The Lifestyles of the Not-So-Rich and Famous. And it was, uh, it was I, I enjoyed preaching that sermon. I don't know if you enjoyed it, but I enjoyed preaching it. Um, and and, and it, here's the thing. A lot of you guys are here today and you're like, oh man, you know, what's he going to talk about? Well, today I'm going to continue uh, that series about money, about money. Now, some of you guys are like, by golly, Margaret, I knew I shouldn't have came to this church. All the preacher wants is my money. That's all he wants. That's all they preach about. And can, can I just, you know, give you a few disclaimers before I go on? And I shared this last week, but here's the thing. I don't need your money. <laughs> I mean, again, some preachers get accused of preaching about money, and they get, and I mean, and, and people get ticked off, and they're like, "I'm never coming back to that church," just like I left all the other. Remember, fifty-two churches before that, because they all talk about money. Well, here's the truth: I don't need your money. Here's something that I learned a long time ago, and this is what we're going to kind of talk about even today in the next uh, week or so. I am going to be taken care of financially, not because you give but because I give. Do you see the difference there? I mean, again, some of you are like, all the preacher wants to do is build, you know, a man cave at his house with all the money that we give him. No, listen, you do pay my salary, but here's the truth. Because I give to the Lord, I'm going to be taken care of, not because you give. So again, some of you guys are like, well, you know, I can't believe he's talking about money today. Well, you're, you're in for a treat today. Um, because we're going to continue our look on that. And here's the truth. Honestly, most of us, if not, I'd just say most of us are never going to live a lifestyle of the rich and famous, right? I mean, the truth is I'm never going to be truly, truly rich unless I don't know what we could do. Again, I don't know how I'd make a million bucks, but you know, it could happen, right? I mean, I could, you know, write a book and then sell like millions of copies or something, um, I don't know what it would be on, but I'm, I, I may do it. Um, but here's the thing. I believe that God has a lifestyle, listen, a lifestyle that he has called us to live that produces great riches. Not just, I'm not just talking about money here, although he does bless us materially and, and with some money. But here's the truth. I believe that he has a lifestyle for the not so rich and famous, which is all of us, that he wants us to live, that it produces some great riches. Now, here's the thing that we learned last week, and I want to kind of recap last week. Um, to have financial freedom, to have less stress about your money, to have less worry about your money, here's the secret that we shared last week. You ready for this? The secret is you are to live a lifestyle of giving, a lifestyle of giving. Now, again, I know some people are like, dang, that's not right. I mean, really? A lifestyle of giving? I thought if it was the more money that I made, if that big check just comes through, if the cattle market just goes up, if all that money just comes in, then that's true financial freedom. But the truth is, <laughs> financial freedom isn't found in having more money, it's in giving. It's in giving. I mean, again, I know some people that are rich. Anybody know anybody that's rich? 
I mean, it's got money. I mean, I'm serious. I, I got great friends that are rich. They got money. And here's the truth. And this is generally speaking because I have great friends that are rich that are really happy and really at peace and all that. But a lot of times when people get money, they just worry more than they did when they didn't have money. They can't sleep at night because they got all this stuff. And so a lot of times, I mean, again, you think, well, it's just having more money. If I could just have more money, if I could just get more money. No, listen, is money good? Yes. Is it good? Yes. Does it make life easier to have a little money? Absolutely. Let's be honest. It does. But the truth is, money is not where we find fulfillment. Fulfillment is found in giving. True wealth is found in giving. True financial freedom is found in giving. It's in giving. It's when I give to people that I try to, that I find more fulfillment than when I receive. It's just like the Bible says. And so here's the thing. You say, well, how do I live a lifestyle of giving? Last week, we learned that number one is this. Number one, we live a lifestyle of giving to the Lord by giving to his church. And again, you think, well, that's just a preacher talk. I mean, there he goes. I mean, where's the blue hair? I mean, the TV evangelist. I mean, what, what is he doing? Now, listen, you think, well, it's all about, you know, just giving to me and and all that. Listen, it's not about giving to me. It's about giving to the Lord. It's about giving to his church. And here's the truth. Second Corinthians nine, you know, we talked about this last week. We learned the concept that you get what you give. If you give sparingly, then you will reap sparingly. If you give generously, you will reap generously. You get what you give. And we talked about the tithe. And again, it's a churchy word, but it's a, it's a word that is biblical. The tithe is, is, is a percentage of your income that you give to the Lord. Typically, it's a 10% income, right? And we looked at that, and we looked at how, again, if we will give 10% of our income to the Lord and to his church, guess what? He will do more with the 90% that's left over than he could have ever done with the 100%. You say, well, how does that work? I mean, seriously, I mean, so you're saying if you made 1,000 bucks and you gave 100 to the church and you had 900 left over, God's going to do more with the 900 than he could do with the 1,000? Absolutely. It's so weird. I know some of you guys are like, that's crap. I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, what is the deal? Now, here's the thing. I am limited in what I can do with my money, but God is not limited. Do you understand what I'm saying here? I mean, think about it. God is not limited. I have to sleep. God doesn't sleep. I have to take economics in college to learn how to, you know, manage my money. God created economics, economics. See, I can't even say it. God created it. God doesn't have to worry about the market. He's on a totally different level. And so here's the thing. If I want to reap the blessings of the Lord, and again, it's not just getting rich, but if I want to reap the blessings of the Lord, then I will give to him and I will give to his church. And so I shared five reasons last week, and maybe you wrote these down. I shared five reasons why Heather and I give. Number one was this. I understand that everything that I have has been given to me by God. Everything I have, from the vest that I have on to the shirt that I have on the belt buckle that I had made for me, all the things that I have have been given to me by God. Some of you guys are like, no, I'm a self-made man. Self-made man. 
Started my own business when I was 16 after I left my mama, you know, and I just got everything started and I've done it all. Now listen, everything that you have is a gift from God. The breath that you breathe is a gift from God. The eyes that you have, the hands that you have, the legs that you have, everything that you have is a gift from God. So that's why Heather and I give, um, because we understand that everything is from God. Number two was, I, I want to be fully devoted. And, and I can preach all the sermons that I want, but if God doesn't have control in my wallet, then I'm not really devoted to him. Because money sometimes is why we live when we make money the biggest deal in our life, and listen, if, it, if it's not surrender to God, then I'm not fully devoted. So I want to be fully devoted. Number three was this, and this is, this is my favorite, by the way. Number three was this. I believe that Christians ought to be the most generous people on the planet. You say, why do you give to the church? Because I believe that as a Christian, I ought to be the most generous person on the planet. And again, a lot of people, they walk around, and they're just as tight as can be. It's like, squeak, squeak. Remember the corn cob, and they walk around with corn cob stuck up their butt? Remember that? I mean, they walk around, and they just squeak because they're so tight. Listen, that's a bunch of crap. I mean, listen, we have been given from God everything that we have. And if we're not generous and we expect, if we expect the world to be generous, I mean, that's backwards. Here's the cool, here's so, this thing's so weird sometimes. I can go to some of the most ungodly places and meet the most generous people. And then I can come to church sometimes and meet the tightwads of the year. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's true sometimes. I mean, sometimes I walk into a bar, I walk into, you know, other places that you think, well, this place is not going to be very nice. They're the nicest people that I've ever met in my life. It's sad. But Christians ought to be the most generous people in, on the planet. Number four was this. I want to be blessed. Why do I give to God? Why do I give to him a portion of what, I, what he's already given to me? Because I want to be blessed. And some of you guys are like, nope, the preacher should live in poverty. I mean, <laughs> how many of you guys have ever thought that? Jerk. No, I'm just kidding. Some people are like, oh, the Christian, I mean, the preacher, he can't have, you know, all that nice truck. I mean, he can't have all that. Why? Here's, here's something I've never stood, understood about preachers. They're the only people that if they have success and they make good money, there's something wrong. I've never understood that. I mean, every other occupation, you'd be going, great job. Your business is growing? Great job. You're making good money? Good job. You just built a new house? Good job. The preacher makes a little money, and everybody's like, whoa, something's wrong. I mean, dang it, the preacher got a new pickup? Never understood it. Here's the truth. If I give to the Lord, guess what he promises to give to me? Blessing, provision, meeting my needs. And so, again, I, want, I give to the Lord because I want to be blessed. Number five was this. I believe in the power and the purpose of this church. Again, you say, why do you give your 10% to the Lord? Why do you give it to the church? Because I believe in the power and the purpose of this church. Our mission statement, our vision statement, our purpose statement isn't so the preacher can have a pad and all this stuff. It's to reach unchurched people. That's why I give, because I believe in that purpose. I believe that we have created a culture in this church that welcomes everybody just as they are. 
You can walk in bloody from gutting a deer in your camo and we don't care. Some of you guys have done that, by the way. <laughs> I mean, again, we've tore down that religious barrier. And some of you guys are like, well, you know, it's, I mean, what's the deal with the money? Listen, in four years, guess what? We've never passed an offering plate. Four years. Guess what we brought in last year in our, as our income last year? F- over 400000 yeah. <clears throat> and, I mean, again, you say, it's all about money. It's all about that, you know, bringing in the money. No, listen, we're going to bring in the money because God's blessing us, not because of the preacher, not because of anything else. It's because of his blessing. And so that's why we give. Now, here's the, se- the second principle that I want to teach you today. That was last week. Here's the second principle. And, and again, I want to I give you a quiz. Uh, how many of you guys have ever been on a chuck wagon and eaten off a chuck wagon? Anybody? Raise your hand. It's all good. A lot of you guys have been eating on chuck wagon. I want to give you a definition of something that you would find on a chuck wagon, and I want you to tell me the name of it. And again, this may be different in different settings, but here's, here's the first one. What is the name of the pan in which a cowboy places his dirty dishes following a meal? Anybody know? The what? The wash pan? That's a good guess. That's pretty much kind of what it is. But it's actually called the wreck pan, W-R-E-C-K, the wreck pan. You put your dirty dishes in the wreck pan. Here's another one. You tell me what this is or what the name of it is. The large can in which a cowboy scrapes his food into this can before placing his plates into the wreck pan. Anybody know? You guys are speaking in tongues. I can't hear you. slop bucket. Okay. That's another term for it. But what I've heard it called is a squirrel can. It's the squirrel can. Now here's another one. What do you call a, uh, the cat, the cowboy cook or the chuck wagon cook? The what? Cookie. Yeah. What's another name? Anybody? How about, how about the, the coosie or the gut robber? <laughs> Ever heard of that? The gut robber, the greasy belly, or the biscuit shooter? I like that one. The biscuit shooter. Now, here's another, uh, another uh, thing that you may not know about a, a chuck wagon. Why would the cookie, which is the cook, why would he throw his dirty dishwater underneath his chuck wagon? Why would it? There's a couple reasons. I heard one right over here. To settle the dust. If it's really dusty, it settles the dust. But what else is it? Why else does he do it? Here, I'll tell you. Because he, it keeps the cowboys from sleeping underneath the chuck wagon. You ever thought about it? I mean, a lot of times they're looking for shade and the cookie has his space. And he's like, get out of my kitchen like a bunch of women. Get out of my kitchen. So he throws his dishwater underneath his chuck wagon to keep people from laying underneath the chuck wagon. You ever thought about it? Here's the last thing. What is the last job that the cookie has before he goes to bed? What's his last job? What's that? No. Takes a, sip, takes a shot of whiskey. Is that what you said? Maybe. Maybe if you're in the Cowboys with John Wayne. <laughs> Remember that scene? Some of you guys need to watch that. But here's, here's, why, here's what he does. I'll tell you what he does. He points the wagon tongue toward where? Toward north. That way when they get up in the night, they know where north is because they can follow the wagon tongue. Now here's a couple other things that you might find on a chuck wagon. I got something here for you. 
<clears throat> anybody ever seen one of these? What is it called? Does anybody know? Yeah, it's a flower keg. It's the only keg that we carry on our chuck wagon. <laughs> Some of you guys will get that later too. Flower keg. We got a flower keg right there, and you hold the flower in your flower keg, right? And then anybody know what this little jar is full of? Starter, right? How many of you guys have ever had sourdough bread? Anybody ever had sourdough bread? Yeah, it's pretty sour, right? I mean, it's got this mild, soury kind of a taste. When you say, well, what's the history behind sourdough bread? And again, I'm not Rachel Ray, <laughs> so don't go there. My name's Bo Ray. No, I'm just kidding. It actually originated probably in Egypt. I mean, the Egyptians kind of probably originated it. It's really popular in Europe. And today, San Francisco is the capital, the sourdough capital of the United States. But here's the one that I want to get a part of. Back in the day, the other place that you would find a sourdough starter and a flour keg is on a chuck wagon. You would find it on a chuck wagon. Now, here's the thing. During the cattle drives of the 1800s, the cookie would create a starter out of flour and yeast and water. He would create this starter, and this starter, he would create what they would call, you know, sourdough biscuits or sourdough bullets, and it was a delicacy on many of the chuck wagons. Now, you say, well, how do you make a sourdough starter? And I, I didn't make this one, by the way. Uh, my friend Candace, where's she at today? It's right over here. Candace made this uh, sourdough starter for me. But here's the thing. You say, how do you make one of these? Really, it's really simple. And I learned this on YouTube. <laughs> I've, I watched a little YouTube. But you take flour, you take water, and then you set this little jar outside, or not outside, but on the counter for three or four days, and it will ferment over time. You know why? Because there's yeast in the air. You ever thought about it? There's yeast in the air. And so you say, well, what's the point of it? Well, it actually becomes a growing culture that is born when you put those ingredients together, and it actually is alive, and it actually has bubbles, and it stinks really, really bad. But here's something else that you may not know. A sourdough starter can last forever. You ever, you ever noticed that? I mean, any, some of you guys know this, but there have been generations after generations that have taken a sourdough starter and they've passed it down to generation to generation, the same sourdough starter. And you say, well, how, how does that work? Well, here's the thing. Because this is alive, when you use some of it, all you have to do is add more flour and water, and it will, what, refresh it. It's called refreshments. And you, you give back all this food to this. And as long as you feed this sourdough starter, guess what? It continues to produce great bread. Now, you say, well, okay, Bo, what's the, what's the Bo Ray? <laughs> You're good. Welcome to Bo Ray's Kitchen where we learn about sourdough starters. Here's the point. And, and you say, well, what's the point? Here's number two, and, and this is where I'm going with this. A lifestyle of giving to the Lord is a lifestyle of consistency. It's a lifestyle of consistency. And you say, well, what's the point, Bo? Just like, listen to this, just like if I continue to feed this, this sourdough starter, just like if I continue to feed it, it will produce more bread, Here's the truth. If I will consistently give to the Lord, he will consistently give back to me. Sometimes it's bread. Sometimes it's dough. Do you see the point? 
And you say, well, okay, but what's all that mean? Look at Luke 6, 38 on the screen. It says this, give and it will be given to you. Can I just stop right there? Here's the point of that. Give and it will be given to you. Here's the truth. If I give once to the Lord, then guess what? He may give once to me. If I give twice to the Lord, then he may give twice to me. But here's the truth. If I will commit to give to the Lord consistently, he will give consistently to me. Do you see the point? I mean, am I making sense here? I hope I am. Proverbs eleven twenty five says this. A generous person will prosper. <clears throat> Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, here's the thing. Last week, I shared some stats about our church, some sobering stats about our church. And here, here's, here's the stats. Um, <clears throat> we have probably 250, 275 people in this church right now. It's awesome. Uh, and God has blessed us with a, a lot of people. But here's the thing. Out of all, out of all those people, there's probably two incomes per house, right? So you can, if you took 250 people um, and, and that's our average attendance, well, here's our average giving per week, okay? Our average giving per week is $2,200.69, or $2,200.69, however you want to say that, $2,269, okay? That's our average income per week. So if you take $2,269 divided by 250, guess what the average weekly giving is per person? Nine bucks. Nine bucks. (laughs) 36 bucks a month. And you say, well, okay, but what's the point of that? Here's the truth. I'm not saying that so you feel like a jerk. I'm just saying that if we, des- if we desire for God to bless our church, if we desire to reach unchurched people, then we are going to have to sow more generously. And here's the thing. Some of you guys got it. Last week, our, our offering was $7,000. <laughs> it was $7,000. And you're like, awesome. Praise the Lord. And some of you guys are like, oh, you know, some of you guys are thinking, well, by golly, I gave 20 bucks last week. I think I'll give 20 bucks next March and I'll see if God will bless me. Listen, it ain't going to happen. Some people are like, oh, you mean you want me to give more money? I gave 25 bucks. Listen, if you will be consistent in your giving, God will be consistent in his giving to you. It's the bottom line. You say, Bo, are you preaching this prosperity thing where you're just going to make a bunch of money and everybody's going to prosper and everybody's going to get rich? Absolutely not. But I'll explain this to you. Here's the truth. If I, again, will commit to giving consistently, consistency breeds consistency. Now, let me explain this another way. I got a phone call last Sunday after I preached this sermon, um, and I got a a call from my buddy. I won't tell you who he is, but I, he's my buddy. He calls me and says, hey, Bo, I got this horse that's for sale. It's a friend of mine. He's selling this horse. It's a paint mare. Um, and he, he went on to talk about this horse. And he says, this mare is ridden by an eight-year-old. And the eight-year-old is wanting to make, take a step up in her riding. And she's the bum. I mean, she's a really good rider. But she wants to take a step up. So they're going to sell this mare, this paint mare. And I said, well, how much? <coughs> and that's when I, pe- I wet myself. <laughs> because here's what he said, $15,000, 15000 I was like, great, 
I'll spread the word. <laughs> I was like, great, that is so great. I mean, really, I'm going to entertain that for about two seconds. But here's the point. And, and I said, well, why is this horse so, you know, why worth so much? And he, he began to explain it. He says, this horse, it, it is consistent. Every time you get on this horse, it has the same attitude. Every time you, you know, get on this horse, it tries like it does every other time. Every time you give, get on this horse, it gives like it gives every time. It puts you in the right place every time, and it is awesome. You know why? Because it was consistent. You say, well, what's the point, Bo? Well, here's the point. A horse that's consistent is worth a lot of money. Uh, a horse that is consistent can help you win a lot of money. Uh, a horse that is consistent can make a person a better rider. And so you say, what's, you know, what's the point of this? Listen, consistency breeds consistency. You get what you give. Here, here's the point. If you and I will commit to give our money back to the Lord consistently, <clears throat> every paycheck, we will consistently receive God's provision and his blessing. And again, are we going to get rich? Probably not. But I guarantee you he's going to consistently give back to us. And, and, and this isn't just true in your finances. Can I just share this? It's not just true in your finances. It's true in everything that you do. If I'm consistent in giving to my wife what she needs, then our marriage is going to grow. Amen? If I am consistent in training my kids, they will be trained in the Lord. Amen? I mean, if I am consistent in my job and honoring God in my job, then he's going to consistently honor me. And you say, well, what's the point? Again, the fact is, here's, the, here's another truth. If I give to the Lord, it doesn't make me free to make stupid decisions. I'm freezing down here. I catch a cold every time I get down here. <clears throat> Some of you guys are flaming hot up there. I'm sorry. I keep sniffing, and I know you guys noticed that, and you will notice that now because I pointed it out. <clears throat> but I'm freezing. But here's the thing. <clears throat> if we will give consistently, he will give consistently to us. But we have to couple that with good decision making. Some of you guys are like, oh, I'm just going to go out and buy me a new horse, $15,000. God will cover the cost. Come on now. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know about that. Proverbs 21.20 says this. In the house of the wise, listen, are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. Listen, you can't just go, well, I'm just going to claim it and God's going to bring it about. No, listen, you have to give to the Lord and then you have to make wise decisions. That's a, that's a part of it. But if we make wise decisions, and if we honor God with our money, we will consistently, <coughs> excuse me, we will consistently have more money to pay the bills. You say, well, how's that, how's that work? Listen, I don't know how it works, but God does it. He does it. You know, instead of the engine blowing up, it's a spark plug. Anybody ever been there? Instead of the whole air conditioning unit in your house going bad, it's a fuse. That's how God blesses you. It's not, hey, I won the lottery. <laughs> Some of you guys, I wished you would. But, but it ain't going to happen. But here's the thing. If I give consistently to the Lord, he will take care of my needs. 
He will take care of my needs. And so here's the thing. You say, well, okay, Bo, uh, my finances are so up and down. One minute we have enough, one minute we don't. My, my worry is so up and down. One minute I'm trusting God and one minute I'm not. Here's my question for you. Are you giving consistently? Because if you give consistently, he will consistently give back to you. And can I just tell you this? This is just being honest. Life happens stuff breaks down, right? I mean, I, I was, uh, never mind, I won't say what I was doing, but um, anyway, the toilet got backed up. <laughs> the toilet got backed up, and so I called Willie and the boys. You know who Willie and the boys are? Woodward Plumbing, Willie. Called Willie and the boys. I said, Willie, come on out. I mean, the, I mean this, the, the, it's backing up in the sink in our, in our bathroom, um, and everything's clogged up, and so he comes out, and they run the snake, you know, through the deal, and guess what? It came out of the yard. <laughs> it came up out of the ground. The snake was, you know, coming up out of the ground. And I don't know what the bill is, but I know it's going to cost me money. Here's the point. Life happens. Just because I give to the Lord doesn't mean we're going to be, you know, void of, of things that break down. No, that's a part of life. I mean, life's going to happen, but I can be prepared. Listen to this. I can be prepared for when life happens by giving consistently to the Lord. I'll give you another example. I'll read you a text. I got a text Sunday after church, and I want to read you this story from this, this lady. <clears throat> Listen to this. I wanted to share something with you and Bo after his sermon today. I really didn't tithe until this past year. Late summer or early fall, Bo presented a sermon on tithing, and that was when I really started being diligent in this, in giving. On December 30th of this past year, my son had three seizures, three seizures, less than a year old. Um, we ended up spending a few days at OU Children's in Oklahoma City while we, were, <clears throat> while we were there. They ran several tests, and we saw nine different doctors. We just got the bill this past week. The total bill was $21.56. Listen to this. I was so happy that I cried. The very next day, this is, this is the cooler part. The very next day, I received an EOB statement. Anybody know what that is? Explanation of benefits. An EOB statement from my insurance company. The insurance company denied our claim. The total claim was for over $11,000. The hospital, listen to this part. The hospital wrote off over $11,000 of the bill. Once I realized it, I really cried. I just felt led to share this with you. Have a wonderful Sunday. <clears throat> now again, you say, well, why, is that, why does all that happen? Did you see the, the correlation there? Because she gave diligently, God took care of her took care of her. And you say, well, okay, Bo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. Listen, I hope you will. Again, not for my sake, but for your sake. Again, I don't apologize about preaching about money because it's for your benefit. It's for the glory of God and for your benefit. I mean, that's the point of the whole deal. And you say, well, Bo, okay, what, what, what is the point of all this? And again, I want to wrap this up by saying this. I want to leave you with one last principle. You say, well, why do I need to give or why do I give? Here's why I give. And this is one more, one more area or reason why I give. 
I give because of what God has already given me. Listen, it's, it's not because of what he's going to give me. It's because of what he's already given me. I want you to think about that. You say, well, Bo, what has he already given you? Listen to what he's given me. He's given me eternal life. You say, how did he do that? Listen, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth, born in a manger so that he could die on a cross for your sin and for my sin. And then he was wrongfully accused and beaten and crucified. And he died on a cross so that you and I could have forgiveness of our sins, so that we could have mercy, so that we could have grace, so that we could have hope, so that we could have his blessing, so that we could have salvation. And you say, Bo, why do you give? I give because of what he's already given me. I can give you all the money that I have. I can give you the cars. I can give you the houses. I can give it all to you. You know why? Because one day I'm going to spend eternity walking the streets of gold. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, why do I need to give? It's because God has given you much to be thankful for. And it's not in monetary stuff. Listen, all this stuff is just going to rust. All this stuff, is the moths are going to just eat this up. One day, I'm going to throw that in the trash. <laughs> Listen, all this stuff isn't what is true blessing. It's eternal life in Jesus Christ. That's why I give. Because what he's already given me. I'm freezing. I want to leave you with this. Leave you with this. Acts 4.12 says this. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. You say, I just want the true riches of this world. Listen, they're going to leave you empty. You say, I'm going to give just so that I can be a millionaire. Listen, you're never going to be satisfied. It's not until you truly find forgiveness in Jesus Christ that you are truly rich. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. <clears throat> Some of you guys are here today and you're like, man, I, I don't know. My life is pretty up and down. I, I don't have money to get through the week. I don't have money to get through the month. We live paycheck to paycheck. All this stuff. Listen, I've been there. I've been there. I understand. And I guarantee you, a majority of the people have been there. But here's what I've always found. If I will give to the Lord, he will give to me. And so here's my question to you. Are you going to just give one time because the preacher talked about tithing? Are you going to commit today to give consistently to him so that he can give consistently back to you? Again, I have people come to me all the time. My, my, I can't pay the bills. I can't do this. I can't do that. I lost my job. I lost this. I lost that. And all I want to do is say, hey, are you giving to the Lord? Are you honoring God with your money? Because here's the truth. If you don't honor God with your money, guess what? You're limiting his blessing. You're limiting it. So again, do you want God to bless you more consistently? Do you want freedom from a lot of the worry, a lot of the stress, a lot of the empty promises of money? Listen, all you need to say to the Lord today is I commit to you to give back 
what you've already given to me. I give you my wallet. I give you my money. I give you whatever it is. I give you my marriage. I give you my kids. I give you my job. I give it all to you because I believe that if I will give it to you, you will give it back even better. Here's the deal. Next week, we're going to have pancakes, and we're going to talk about a story in the Bible that deals with pancakes. And so I hope that you will come back. And I want to thank you. For those of you that give consistently, thank you. For those of you that are committing today to give consistently to the Lord through this church, thank you. For those of you that, you know, maybe this is your first time to hear about tithing and giving your money to the Lord, listen, think about it, pray about it, ask questions. We can find the answers to your questions and God will bless you. He, he will take care of your needs. And you say, I, what about my wants? Listen, sometimes he even gives us what we want. I have all kinds of wants that he has given me. And so he's a great God. He's a, he's a, a generous God. And he asks us to be generous back to him. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you for the opportunity to, to preach truth into people's lives. And Lord, may they not walk away today going, oh, again, the preacher just wants my money. But may they walk away going, God, I'm gonna commit to give back to you what you've already given to me. And I wanna watch you use what's left over. And I want you to blow my mind. And Lord, when that life happens, may I not bail out on my commitment, but may I continue to give even in spite of my poverty, even in spite of my, my, my you know, doubt, even in spite of, you know, maybe the lack of funds I'm going to commit to give to you in my poverty as well as my wealth. Because I know that you'll take care of my needs. Lord, thank you for taking care of our needs when we honor you. And we give it all back to you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message. And we hope to see you every Sunday at the Woodward Livestock Auction at 1030.